0: this out.
1: Welcome to the podcast, the Foundations Podcast. This week, uh, Pastor Paul is here with me, uh, and we are uh, talking about the fivefold ministry. Last week, we talked about the pastor, and um, and then uh, our next step was going to be the teachers. But we thought about it and talked about it, and. I believe what we're going to do is this is going to be kind of like a part two of Pastor. But what we want to do today and the way what I'm going to title this is Rebellion in the House of the Lord. Now, what are you talking about, Steve? Well, what I'm going to talk about, what we are going to talk about today is that when a pastor is established in the church, God has called them, they've been appointed, they are the head of the church, and uh, he is the authority that God himself has established, that God caused to be the authority within the church. Not only is he the physical authority or the organizational authority, he is also the spiritual authority of that church. He or, uh, you know, okay. He's the uh, the spiritual authority in the church. Now, today we have a lot of things that are going on. We have a lot of examples of uh, church splits, uh, you know, churches that break up. We have a lot of issues that that rise up within the church. Uh, we have a lot of gossip. We have a lot of backbiters. We have a lot of busybodies that are within the church. And I, I'm being kind of blunt right now, but we do. We have those that are in the church where it ends up causing division, strife, all sorts of negativity within the body of Christ and within the individual churches. Now, some of these people who get into this. They feel that they may, well, they have a right to say something. Well, we do live in a free country. However, when it comes to the authority that God has established in the church, we need to not think about, well, what what are they doing? But we need to focus upon ourselves. And we need to watch what we're doing. Now, uh, Pastor, good good morning. I guess it's morning.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Close enough.
1: Okay. And uh, we have some examples and all that in scripture. And we're going to talk about this. Now, let me see. Let's, let's ask a question here. Pastor, explain to me what you, what the Bible says about authority as the pastor being the authority within the
0: church. Well, I mean, as as it relates to scripture, it's, you know, Ephesians chapter four, God, you know, uh, gave gifts to the church, uh, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor and the teacher. Mm -hmm. And you can see as when when Paul went into a place and, you know, he established a church and a work and and, and it doesn't matter whether it was Titus he put in Creed or, or Timothy in Ephesus, um, the job they had was to appoint overseers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes they translate that bishops and things like that, but really we're talking about the pastoral role there, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and, and elders in elders in places, and then there were deacons that were also mentioned, and uh, and they were there to assist the elder, or the overseer. In fact, I, I believe it's in Titus where he actually uses the word elder and overseer in the same context. Okay. Uh, as being one and the same. And uh and, and what were what were they what was their job? Well their job was to be the shepherd. They were they were there to uh, to feed the people. They were there to be the overseer, to watch out for their souls. Okay. Um, you know, just be the spiritual leader. And um and, uh, and, you know, there was even warnings about bringing accusations against elders. Yes, uh, Paul warns about that, uh, you know, uh, that that is not something to be done. But yet on the flip side, that elders that did sin, or we'll say pastors that, d- that did sin, and, and it was a public thing and everyone knew it, well, then they were rebuked publicly. Yes. So that people would fear and not do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to sit there and say, well, the pastor is just the extreme authority and he is untouchable. No, 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 not true at all. And, uh, but yet a pastor is put over a church. He's God's man there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so he's operating in God's authority. That doesn't mean he's perfect, but he's operating in that. And, uh, and, and and should be respected. Mm-hmm. Uh, should pray for your pastor. You know, I always tell people, pray for me. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so, you know, uh, and and so in that regard, right there, I guess I guess a real question that we're dealing with here today <clears throat> is what do we do when we have a well? Let's just say we have a philosophical difference with the pastor, or maybe a theological difference with the pastor, or maybe it's an issue of ethics or, well, God forbid, even morality. Okay. I mean, the, that's what we're really dealing with here. Yes. Uh, and, you know, and the neat thing is we have enough scripture in the Old <laughs> Testament to, to speak to that. Yes. Uh, but uh, but well, yeah, that's really what the real, I, I guess that's what the real question is, is when there is a difference. Okay
1: all righty and yeah let's let's i tell you what let's let's take a look at god's authority i want to look at it i want i want us to t- take a look at it from god's standpoint when god establishes authority um that's what he has done he's put that down and he expects it to be honored now um uh, okay, I was giving you an example. We were talking a little earlier about how that when when my, my wife and I traveled, we went we would go to different churches. But whenever I went to that church to speak, I we we made sure that we showed every respect to that pastor. If the with the pastor, we asked the pastor, "What did you want to do? How do you want to handle the service? How do you want?" When the pastor was up there and he was in charge of the service. The pastor was in charge of the service. We did not interrupt. We did not usurp. We did not. And he said, well, okay, Steve, it's time for you to preach or come on and do that. Then we would do our thing. But we would not, we would respect that pastor. We, we, uh, all the time, uh, there's a a lot of time we would travel with other people as well. And I, I remember one, I would say we always give honor to the pastors and to their families. And we we want to make sure that that's, that that we respect them and we show that respect not only individually but publicly we show that respect and the thing here is is that because god has established that authority now we talked about and i want you to go ahead and speak to a couple of stories from the old testament that uh, that where we can see how important God feels uh, that we should handle, you know, the authority that's been established over us. And I'll let you go ahead and speak to that. Okay. Uh,
0: Obviously, you know, if you're gonna look at this in the Old Testament, the greatest example is number 16. And and, and of course, that's the, you know, Korah and uh, his clan that resisted Moses, they felt like they were on the same level. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's interesting about that is that Paul dealt with that in First Corinthians, uh, ten, mm-hmm. and uh, and and he actually made reference to that when he gave examples from the Old Testament, and, uh, and he talked about we should not be like some of them who grumbled in the wilderness, and uh, well anyway, God actually judged this situation very harshly. There's several events that happened in number sixteen, uh, okay, and. Um, and you know, and, and you know, why I mention that is because First Corinthians three seventeen, in reference to the church, he calls the church the temple of God, and specifically Paul said, if you destroy the temple of God, God will destroy him. Yes, that is ominous. And someone said, well, how does that happen? Well, you know, First Corinthians chapter eleven about communion, he said if we Take communion in an unworthy manner, and, and and how would we do that when we have division in the church? Yeah, when we have odd against our brother, mm-hmm. we're we're you know, that's you go into twelfth chapter, that's very clear, all that in context. Mm-hmm. And what happened? What would what would be the judgment of God there? He said that's the reason that that some of you are weak and some of you are sick, sick and yeah, some of you have yeah. prematurely died. And so when people say, well, God doesn't do exactly what He did in number sixteen, I would take. Yeah, maybe the ground ain't o- opening up and killing people, but well, things uh, but, but things are people. happening. But things are happening, you know. And uh, and there's all kinds of examples. But this number sixteen is is a powerful uh, portion of scripture, and and it really it just starts out with Korah, and uh, in the in the clan. And by the way, two hundred and fifty other men. We want to make mention of them. Okay. Uh, they were and by these these hundred and fifty men, they're called the chosen men, men of renown all over the congregation of Israel. Wow. And, uh, and so basically they just said, you know, yeah, you've led us here. You, you, you know, you're all that, but you know what? We're all spiritual too. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they said, we are the same as you. And in another way to say it is that we really don't need you, Moses and Aaron. We don't, we, we, we're all good. We all can hear from God. So it
1: was a mutiny.
0: Yes, that's what it was. And they brought 250 people in. To sit there and back him up because Cora didn't. I mean, Cora's not stupid. No. You know he wants to make sure he's got a well-rounded group of people that that way he can solidify the whole congregation. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt that Cora wanted Moses in position. Yeah. I, and that seems evident for the yeah. the context. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, to, to basically, you know, God had them all meet at the tent of meeting. The cloud came down. God read. Rebuked Korah and their group. Yes. And apparently God spoke through the cloud to them. Wow. And it's, it's amazing. And then all of a sudden, we get into this moment where everybody probably that's ever been to church any amount of time, uh-huh. the ground opens up, swallows them. And there's a, it says they went straight to Sheo. Which there yes. in the Hebrew they just use the term there. That's the the nether worlds. In other words, that's hell.
1: That's hell. They, they I mean that's, swallowed not, that, down that's not that's not just hell. going
0: to death or the grave. That's they went straight to hell. And um and then also fire came down from the Lord, the two hundred and fifty men, remember them. Mm-hmm. They were all offering incense like we're gonna take over for Aaron. Yeah. And the fire came down from God and burnt them to coals. Because they had to go through the coals and fire the golden censers. You know, that, that and, that's
1: amazing. Do you? I, I remember other passages of, uh, there was a couple of uh, uh, trying to offer strange incense and fire before God. And those, they they died too. Yes.
0: Yes. In fact, uh, God reiterated it would be Aaron and his family that would represent the priesthood. He reiterated it right after, another way to say it, God killed him. I mean, yeah. it's it, it, not murder. We're talking about the judgment of God yeah. and fire from the Lord. That's exactly how it's r- r- phrased. It's not the devil. This is God. Okay.
1: This is number 16. I want to make sure that yeah, they're, they're num- understanding num- where it's at.
0: Yeah, number 16. In fact, that mm-hmm. uh, that uh, those portions of scriptures are verses uh, all the way 1 through uh, 40 okay. that deal with that. But what's fascinating about it is then you get this reference that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 10, 10, okay, And that is that the very next day, it says it's the next day, and the, the congregation of Israel, they grumbled against Moses and Aaron, they blamed them for the judgment of God, they were mad about the people that got burned in the fire, they blamed them for the ground opening up and okay. swallowing them, they were angry, and God, it it angered God so much that God sent a plague. A plague. I mean, a plague. A, some kind of, I don't know if it's viral like COVID-19 or the Black death. We don't know. It was a plague. Uh, and what we do know is that uh, 14,700 people died of the plague. Moses told Aaron to take, I think his censor and mm-hmm. go stand between the living and the dead, and it was broke. It said it broke the plague. They interceded on their behalf. Now that's yes. God's leadership. People that are coming against you, that you can still pray for them. But, but that, was, uh, that was the reference there in, in 1 Corinthians ten ten, where God said, don't be like some of them that grumbled okay. in the wilderness. And, uh, and of course he didn't give the number of people who died, but he said they died. Could they died. And they were, yeah. by the way, he gave that as an example. Mm-hmm. to all of us. He said these are examples that you don't do these things. Yeah. So another way to say it is Paul was saying don't do what the people in number 16 did. No. Like Korah, those 250 oh. or the people that got mad about it because the judgment of God will come upon you right. just like it did them. Okay. So so what it appears is you had Korah cause of the
1: uprising he brought and he got a bunch of the spiritual, supposedly spiritual leaders, or whatever, turned over to his side. Not only did he do that, but then the old common folk there in Israel all were supporting of him. In other words, he went amongst them f- through whatever means to cause an uprising, but also
0: to try to sway them to come onto his side. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. And, and, you know, if you say read between the lines or the story behind the story, mm-hmm. is the very fact that Korah saw fit to get 250 chosen men out of Israel, men of renown, mm-hmm. meant that uh, he had spent some time with these people. And, you know, they had influence over other people. And, uh, and literally what I believe, I believe Korah wanted to take Moses' position. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it seems obvious to me. And, uh, but, but here's the thing. Moses is God's man. Yes. It, it, Moses is not a perfect man. No. But, but he's God's man. And, uh, and the anger of God. I mean, he uses those terms, the anger of God. Uh, you know on on these uh, on these uh, moments in number sixteen and and, and you know, and you say, what does this have to do with us well once again we go back to the new testament and uh and and paul dealt like i said dealt with this in first corinthians ten and and then the uh the scripture in first corinthians seventeen if you destroy the temple of god, how would you do that division you do it just like Cora did yeah yeah you you, you get get at odds with the pastor you get at odds with the leadership of the church yeah and uh and God says, "I'll destroy him." Wow, I mean that is tragic
1: two words church split yes, an instigator of a church split that that that's why is that <laughs> bottom line God expects that authority to be respected. Now you may not always agree with them. You may not always agree with all that. But the thing here is, is these people, like in Korah, he, he went about trying to get himself to cause a division so that there could be a split.
0: Yeah, and, the, and there was a split, but it wasn't the one they were looking for. Oh, I, mean, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know I don't even know how, what that would earth, be like.
1: Yeah, the earth and, opens uh, up.
0: Yeah, and the ground just opened up and swallowed them alive, and, and they went straight to hell. Yes, I mean, and you know, and, and say, is there another passage in the scripture that we can relate to that? Well, what about the Antichrist and the false prophet when the Bible says that, you know, at the end there, in, 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 in what, that Revelation 19 at the battle of Armageddon, that they were thrown alive mm-hmm. into the lake of fire. That's exactly what happened to them. They went into hell alive. Wow. I'm, I'm sure they physically died. I'm not saying that. But what a what a what a tragedy and, and you know, and uh, when you let me let me just read the the thing. It's just one verse here. Uh, it's talking about Korah and, uh, and of course the two hundred fifty men that he had. and verse three, they assembled together against Moses and Aaron. They said to them, "You have gone far enough." Now think about that just for a second there. Yeah, we recognize you're God's man, but your time is at an end. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you have gone far enough for all the congregation, all the congregation.
1: Uh huh.
0: Man, this this dude knew how to work it. Are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is in their midst. Then then the accusation. So why do you exalt yourself above the assembly of the Lord? That was the accusation. Okay. You know we're all equal with you. Why are you assuming you're the authority from God? And apparently um, God, God answered that question. Yeah. And I uh, mean, you know, and, and, and you know, it's, it was yeah. tragic that mm-hmm. those people, and you you have to wonder, you know, well, Paul gave the example of the number 16. And of course he gave the warning about destroying the temple of God, first Corinthians 11, you know, in that context, if you're involved in that kind of stuff and you're taking the Lord's supper, mm-hmm. And uh, you know the judgment of God is some are weak, some are sick, and some prematurely died. Uh, it, th- these are serious things. Uh, let let me give an example. And you mentioned you know when you traveled and and you know was in different churches, and I've I've done that, and mm. I you know and I've. You know, I've always very, you know, very deferent to every pastor. I, I make sure, we're, you know, where would you like me to sit? I oh, mean, even absolutely. I don't make it. Yeah. I don't make just some kind of a assumption that you mm-hmm. want me to set up there with all you guys. Now, I mean, where do you want me to sit? You want me to sit down here in the front? And I, you know, it's amazing. I, you know, have numerous times. No, no, no. We want you to come up here with us. We'll sit right here. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't just. That, that's his church. That's not mine. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, I remember being in one church uh, where the Lord had given me um, a, a, a word. I mean, what I mean by that is he had given me a prophetical word. Okay. And, um, and it, it wasn't for them personally, it, but I felt like the Lord said, you need to share that. Okay. And I said, God, I cannot share that in his church. This is not my church. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I called the pastor. Okay. I said, pastor, I think maybe God wants me to do this, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I didn't go up to Him and say, "God told me to do this," and if you don't let me, you're just unspiritual. Yeah, yeah. I just not. said I I could be wrong. Okay. I, I, I wanted Him to tell me no, and <laughs> and so I told Him. I said this this is what the Lord had shared with me, and I felt like He wanted me to talk to, uh, to it a little bit. And I shared it. And it was pretty detailed. Okay. And um, and I said, but and after I did, I said, Pastor, I don't have to say what not a word about this. I'm almost begging him to tell me, because God is not going to let me override him. And knowing, I should have known. I I think that's great, Pastor. That's what he told me. He said, "I want you to go ahead and share that on Sunday morning." Uh huh. And you know, and I was I was dreading it, and but I had the the blessing of the pastor, and I told the people that I had went to the pastor beforehand. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to know that I wasn't a lone ranger. And, uh, and so I shared what I shared. And, uh, you know, and, and you do it in the fear of God because you don't want to be wrong. And I shared what I did. And I kid you not, there was probably a, a little over 100 people there. They all stood up and applauded. The... Opposite of the reaction I thought I was going to get, yeah. they were and, they, and many of them came up to me later. Didn't talk about what I preached about after that. Yeah, yeah, and they said they thanked me for sharing that. That's yeah. what God's talking to me about, and, and 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 I was just like, you know, but I, but here's the point. I did it the right way.
1: Yes, I did right it way. the right
0: way, and I had a little practice with that because here at well, well here at this church at River of Life, the previous pastor, he and I had a difference. On, and we're not even going to talk about what the difference was, but it, but it was a, a difference as it related to uh, leadership and what Christian liberties should be celebrated and what mm-hmm. Christian liberties should not. Be should celebrated. not be
1: celebrated. Okay,
0: yeah. and uh, and and he and I had already had a a difference on this years before, but when I was pastoring on the coast. Um, so you know when we came here and we you know we weren't pastoring this church at that time, and we were uh, you know we were just uh, using this as a base. We were faithful to the church, but when we had opportunity to go out in other places, we did mm-hmm. and, um, and and stuff. But you know, and I got a chance to preach here numerous times. Yeah, in a two-year period, what I did because the Christian liberty was not mine to deal with you know, there are all kinds of things you can preach in the Bible. Yeah. You don't have to touch on that one because I can't, I don't feel the Christian liberty to do what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just preached on everything but that. Okay. You know, and um, because that's not my job. And uh, another way to say it is if I would have said just the opposite, and it'd be one thing if I come in, I didn't know, but, but I mean, I did. Mm-hmm. and if I had to preach just the opposite thing, that causes confusion in the church. It's like me plowing a a farmer's field sideways. Yeah, That'd be devastating to the crop he he, he planted there. Yeah, And it wouldn't matter whether I'm right or wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be right and wrong all the same time. Yeah. And I believe I am right. Now,
1: I don't want to divert our subject today, but uh, when we get into the uh, into our final teacher aspect of the fivefold, that's another thing that really, really, really needs to be watched. What you just said, what yes. you're just talking about, is that you do not cause confusion in the church. No,
0: yeah. But yeah. anyway,
1: we're again. Yeah, let's but we, not... but but that, that is remember. a good
0: tie-in there. I mean, because that is something, and really, all the leadership, especially we're talking about leadership. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know need to be on the same page. Yes. You know, even even if there's some things you might not totally agree with, we're not talking about the, we're not talking about whether we believe the blood of Jesus is sufficient for our salvation. That's not what we're talking about. No, we're, we're talking, not talking about, about whether we believe in a triune God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about, you know, differences, minor issues that have nothing to do with salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at that moment in time we need to tow the same rope, you know, because if we don't mm-hmm. It does create confusion.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, um, okay. (laughs) This is good. This is good. Now, um, there is one other example in Numbers that we we had talked about. And let's just briefly mention that. And this was with Miriam. Yeah.
0: Numbers 12. Yes.
1: Okay. So, uh, the situation is, is Miriam... Was it Miriam and Aaron? Yeah, and Aaron. And Aaron. Yeah. They wanted to speak out against Moses. They, you know, and again, we're talking about uh, the leadership. But Aaron was in a position as well designated by God, right? Yes, yes. He was a priest.
0: Yeah, he was. Now, what was Miriam? Miriam is... She was a sister, but I mean... How do I say this? She did not have a position that occupied any kind of authority position. Now she was called a prophetess. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that sense she I guess that, but she was not in a role like Aaron or Moses.
1: So what we have here in the scenario is we have the leader, the, the, the Moses who was established as the leader over Israel. Then we have Aaron, who was a priest, in another position yeah. in the in the body there, and then we have Miriam, who wasn't necessarily an established. But then they begin to speak against Moses. Now, what was the problem there?
0: What was well the the problem? This is where oh, how do we put this? This is where you can be right and wrong all at the same time. Okay, they were complaining about uh, Moses's wife from Midian. You know, she was not a Jew. She was not, you know, she was not an Israelite in, in any okay. concept, you know, or anything
1: like so that. So it was a personal.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, she was black. It had nothing to do with her color. <clears throat> no, no. We don't even know she was black. It, doesn't, no, no, it no. doesn't matter. That wasn't what they were complaining about. They were complaining about them being unequally yoked. And God called them to be separate. Now, is that true? Yeah, that is true. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, because by the time we get to this uh, moment, it's not like now. Now, granted, Moses had already married her before he got the Ten Commandments. Yes, let's just make that abundantly clear. Uh huh. But and it it doesn't look real good, you know. And and, and you know, regardless, uh, but that's what their complaint was. They were complaining. They spoke against him. It's amazing that they picked the moment after the Red Sea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, why wasn't it a problem when he first got there? You yeah. Know, the the satanic of it is, it makes you wonder. Yeah. I can't prove it, but this looks, uh, this feels a whole lot like Cora and his family and those 250 men. Yeah. Maybe the only difference is they didn't go out among the congregation to say, you know, a, a bunch of the things. Because when it says he spoke out against him, there is no indication that they spoke against to the congregation about it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they spoke to him. Yes, and and, and that right there is uh, an interesting concept. And, uh, and and God does; He comes down in a cloud and talks with them, just like you know the thing. With I mean, comes down in a cloud and talks to them, and and rebukes them, and yes. says, "How dare you know?" I mean, I'm just abliving here. Mm-hmm. How dare you speak against Moses? He's who, you know, I call. And, you know, it is amazing that God never even talked about Moses' wife. No. Never even brought it up.
1: Didn't even bring it up.
0: Didn't even bring it. And then when the cloud lifted, Miriam had leprosy.
1: Miriam had leprosy.
0: Yeah, she had leprosy. I mean, she had, isn't that weird? I mean, she had had it before, so God gave it
1: to mm-hmm. her. But here, the thing that really oh, you wonder about is the fact that Aaron didn't have, I mean, Aaron was, didn't get leprosy. No. Uh, but maybe that was a shot over the bow.
0: Well, it, it scared Aaron. And here's another way to put this. Remember, Moses wasn't really raised around them a mm. lot. Mm-hmm. That means that Miriam and Aaron, first of all, they were older than Moses. Yeah. And so they had a much closer relationship, say, than, say, Moses did with Miriam or Aaron at that time. And, uh, you know, and it it, it scared him. <laughs> because mm-hmm. you read the guy he cried out uh, on her behalf yeah and notice he cries out to Moses
1: Moses and Moses re- prayed for her and yeah. she was healed and but... she was
0: healed but it, it affected him emotionally that oh yeah hard and uh, someone said well I'd rather have the emotional part than the leverage <laughs> I mean maybe <laughs> so but but you know what's interesting is after this event Miriam is I, I you know I cannot think of any context in what she's ever mentioned again
1: Mm -mm. Isn't that weird? Well, you see, so we have a couple of good examples of what God, when God establishes somebody, he expects them to be respected and to respect that authority that he's established. Now, again, as we have established and we have been saying, that doesn't mean the pastor is the dictator or the uh, can do no wrong.
0: No, that does not mean that.
1: No. And, but you see, we respect that authority. So when it comes to, um, let's talk about, well, okay. Well, let's talk about the behavior of the individuals. When I'm going to a church and I'm just going to just kind of state this out, then we can go on. When I go to a church, first of all, I respect that pastor. I respect the pastor. I respect his family, too. That's, that's really, really important. God clearly speaks out against gossip, yes. against being busybody, against backbiting, and against division. Now, that the verb, uh, is, it, uh, is it in Proverbs, I believe? Uh, Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6. Now, let's read this one out. Uh, it talks about the things that God hates. Go ahead and read that, if you would, please. Okay, let me,
0: let me go over there real fast.
1: Oh, okay. I could have popped it, too. Oh no, no, I got it right okay, here. Okay, cool. Uh,
0: Proverbs 6, and uh, here we are. Verse 16. He said, there are six things which the Lord hates, Yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. And that is, uh, here in verse 17, it says, honey eyes, this new American standard. I believe most other translations say a proud look. A proud look, yeah. Um, a, a lying tongue. hmm Now, you're already getting into something here. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that run rapidly to evil. And notice this, a false witness and uh, and 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 by the way, uh, there's a passage in Matthew 18 where Jesus talks about what that means about making accusations against people. Okay. Uh, anything outside that is a false witness. hmm A false witness who utters lies, uh, and the one who spreads strife or sows discord among the brethren.
1: Yeah. So that- those
0: are those are those are considered toiva, in hebrew an abomination or detestable and um, and those things are no less abominations now
1: yes you know absolutely and so the one who sows discord among the brethren so if somebody you see that this really speaks to the way that we we have got to watch the way that we are acting i have to be responsible for what i'm doing and that if I come up against a situation and I don't necessarily agree with everything the pastor says like you were talking about in your example yeah uh, that you're not going to go around and tell everybody in the church mm-hmm. about it, you're not going to try to bring an uprising, you're not going to divide that church and and there are proper ways. And that's where we're going to segue. There are proper ways of handling things. Yes. And the Bible speaks to that as well. So, you know, and, but it, like in, in our day and age, I, you know, I can tell you, I, I give you an example up north of a church that split because they had a, uh, they didn't agree of who owned a couch that was in the old church. <laughs>
0: that's
1: and I'm, I'm over here going, Seriously? and you know that that's one kind of a wacky example but i mean there are other examples and you first of all you do not speak out openly against your pastor and or that and i we're going to speak to that here how do we properly handle things now say let's give an example say if you have a suspicion that the pastor
0: is being unfaithful to his wife and by the way, these things happen. They do. We have examples of famous people. These things. Happen oh yes. With, and we're not going to talk about that. But but this does happen. Um, and and being you know an assembly God minister pastor, I have been privy to these things uh, in other churches, and uh, I can I can still remember as if it was yesterday, uh, finding out a a pastor friend of mine had uh, been unfaithful to his wife, and had been caught. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it even extended further than that. He even had uh, uh, relations with a uh, minor. And uh, what I mean by that, someone close to 17. And oh, wow. uh, and I still remember when I found out where I was. I was pastoring in Blanco, Texas at the time. Okay. And what a grieving moment that was. And and it is. I mean, if if you're in a church where a pastor has a moral failure, I mean, that is horrible. And what we're talking about is, well, knowing that it does happen, what if you suspect it? Now, I I guess how I would react to that is how did you come to that conclusion? I mean, is there something you saw, something you heard, or is it because a whole bunch of other people told you you know that that you don't want to get involved in all that. No. You know, uh, so it, you know. First of all, is there any kind of proof? When I say proof, it's not like you have to catch somebody in the act, but I'm just saying there are enough suspectable things
1: mm-hmm. that
0: that would merit you to do what Jesus talked about in Matthew 18. Okay. And that if you have a fault with your brother, what do you do? He said you go to him, and him alone. Yes. And, uh, and you know, and I, and I, I would, I, I've said this to everyone in our church, if you have a difference with me, uh, I am, I am great with it. We can sit down mm-hmm. and, and there, I wouldn't talk about more. Here's talking about just something theological and, uh, you know, we can sit down and we'll spend <clears> as much time as we need to in the Bible.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, and you know, and if, if, if I see that I'm in error, I said, not only will I apologize to you, but I will apologize to the entire church. Yeah, and you own it, you know. I mean, because I I am not infallible, you know, and so you know I can't sit there and you know say that I know everything, and, and it's, that's arrogance. Uh, remember, God hates a proud look mm-hmm. or honey mm-hmm. eyes. I mean, that's that's yeah, uh, and so but but that's what you do if you if you have a problem with your pastor, if it, whether it's moral or not ask if you can meet with him and don't come in and say i suspect that you're having an affair and start screaming and hollering at him most people aren't going to respond very well to that no even nathan when he confronted david
1: that's what came to my mind he did
0: not immediately say that he gave an illustration yes and a story which david reacted to and he told him you're the man I mean, you know, and, and it brought conviction to him. He repented, <laughs> you know, and that's what you're hoping to have. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you go to your pastor, and you say, "Hey, you know, there's some things I'm concerned about,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, and and you know, say, "Look, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but is there something going on here morally?" Yeah. And, no. and, 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 and you want? I just. You, you ask the right question. Don't do it mad. Just ask it. Ask Are him. you having an yeah. affair? I, I, I've been praying for you and I just please tell me you're not. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you never know. God might do a work right there.
1: Yeah, he and he could. And he could sit there and say And, he, he, and
0: that would be a, that would be good if that happened. But notice he said go to him Go to him and him alone.
1: So you don't you don't go uh put it on your uh Instagram or on your no. Facebook. You don't go talking, calling up your uh, other people and your friends to so you could gossip about it. You go directly to that person, yeah. and you don't spread that around because yeah. what happens? It causes division. division. It causes confusion. It causes all sorts of problems.
0: Well, how many people that if you publicly I mean, let's just put it this way, you're going to a church, and I have been in that position where I was going to a church. I wasn't the man. Yeah. Um. You can cause a lot of damage. Yes. And that scripture, anyone who offends one of these little ones would be better than a millstone were hanging about his neck and he was drowned in the sea, mm-hmm. applies here. Somebody says, well, yeah, but I saw him going in a hotel room with another woman. Well, yeah, you, well good. You go to the pastor. You don't go to Betty Boo and everybody else yeah. about it. You go to the pastor and you confront him about it. And, uh, and, and, then you know, Jesus gives that illustration. Well, he won't listen to you. Mm-hmm. Well, then you go to the, you, you, you take two or three other people. Two or three you? witnesses. Or that thing, two or three witnesses. Let something be established. established. Now, I don't want to be a false witness. See, I'm a false witness. If I'm the only witness yeah. and it's well, I know it's true. It doesn't matter. You're still a false witness if you don't have two or three mm-hmm. there and, um, and then, if let's just assume that, let, let's assume you just ask the church board if you could meet. Now, you'd ask a pastor. You'd say, hey, look, I'd just like to meet with the church board about this. I just have some concerns. And, uh, and, and by the way, if he did not agree to that, that would be real suspicious. Yeah, quite suspicious. At that point in the moment, I think you just leave the church yeah uh, and and just give a gracious reason we feel like God's called us somewhere else, yeah you know, but but if you did get to that point and you went to the two or three others, and let's just say they didn't listen, but let's just say you saw him at a motel in another town because you happened to be there, yeah, and you saw them drive them, you saw them go in that motel room that's that's big,
1: that is big,
0: that's big now, most people are never gonna be in that situation, no, all right, but you saw it. And then, so what are you going to do then? Well, then you're going to go to the whole entire church. Okay. And you're going to ask if you can speak. And you're going to have to tell everybody what you saw. Now, you done told the pastor this. You done told the board, but they won't listen to you. Okay. And then if they, if, they, if they're not they're not going to listen to you, well, the, in in most churches, you're just going to have to leave. Yeah. You really, you, you've done everything that you're supposed to do. Okay. Now, we're not saying to do this if you have a suspicion.
1: Not a suspicion, this is not, not a if suspicion. it's gossip. Not, not if it's
0: gossip, but I mean, but honestly, if you, I mean, I don't want to be graphic, but if you saw the pastor going to one of the rooms in the church with a woman, and let's just say that you went up to the door to knock and you heard some odd noises, okay, that's a problem. And, and you know, and we're not trying to be gross about it, but these things happen yes i could tell you stories about what i've uh, things i've heard that i don't even want to get into i mean you you would think that people would operate more in the fear of god but men will be <laughs> wow. men women will wow. be women okay sometimes these things happen and that's how the devil tries to get in he wants to destroy the church yeah and he knows if he goes after the pastor and all those things yeah
1: the come, yeah come he can bring problem. it down yes and but Here's the thing, and what we're talking about, let us not be the tool the devil uses to try to bring division or or, or that to the church or to bring that church
0: down. Well, let's look at it another way. I mean, what if you're in a position where maybe you've, maybe, how do I put this? Maybe you really start digging into the word. Mm-hmm. You just feel a sense of God drawing you to him. And let's say that you just get to the place where, and this is where the enemy can come in. And I think that's what happened to Cora and them. And all of a sudden you feel equal to the pastor, or you feel like maybe you're more spiritual than the pastor. Yeah. Once that happens, you can't receive anything from him anymore.
1: No. You, you, you kind I mean, of that's, filled a, up. that's a
0: danger that gives you that proud look all over again
1: yeah uh,
0: you know uh, that 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 was really really sad and uh, and like I said go, going into uh, doing a little bit what well, we called it evangelism but that really wasn't what it was but you know doing some of those basically holding meetings at churches and stuff sure. like that I mean being a pastoral ministry for many years before that, I mean, it's real easy to go into another man's church and see things that you don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't do it that way. Well, you know what? You had to suppress that. That's so hard. Yeah. But you do. You suppress it because this is not my church. No, it's not. And I know what God has said, and I'm not going to be privy to that. I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be sick, and I don't want to prematurely die. Yeah and yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. true i mean the,
1: the, you know that really brings that scripture out gives us a, gives us even a, probably a, a deeper understanding of what he was talking about there not necessarily while well, you're 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 taking the communion when you don't have unforgiven unforgiven or unconfessed sin yeah. in your life and then you're going to become weak and impossible Mm, was he really talking about that or was he talking like we're talking here is that there was strife there was yes. problems in the corinthian church there
0: well you know the scripture you brought and I, and I can't even think of where it's at right now and jesus i know jesus said it so it's probably somewhere in matthew mm-hmm. talking about if you have ought against your brother yeah. and you're going to come to the altar. You come to offer,
1: offer your Do gift. It. He said, leave that gift at there. the altar, go and, and well, reconcile yeah. with that person, Yeah. then come back and offer that gift. So that was a real strong, uh, saying that you need to go make it right because, well, there's, it touches so many
0: things. Yes, it does. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and that's such a, you know, the Matthew 18, you know, if, if you have, if you have some kind of odd or you find fault with your brother, mm-hmm. you know, go to him and him alone. Okay. Yes. I, if If people would just do that one thing, and we're not talking just about pastors. We're not about, you know, whether it's family members or people you go to church with. Mm-hmm. If we would just practice that, that, that Matthew 8, 18 yes. concept that Jesus talked about. Uh, we would probably have less churches than we have today. Okay. Because, you know, a little, uh, I think it was a barn of research uh, that was, and the reason I was privy to it, because when we were on the coast, uh, you know, we were building a building uh, mm-hmm. down there. And, and uh, one of the things that I was, uh, you know, I had, you know, I was privy to is that 85% is what they gave, that all new structures being built in the United States are the result of, of a split. Of a split. Now, some of those were a mutual whatever, but most of them were were angry, it was theological, it was whatever, Yeah. or an impasse on leadership things. And so somebody just takes a bunch of people in their congregation and they just go somewhere else. Yeah. And when I thought about that, I thought 85% of all new structures are the result of this. You know how rare it is to build a church without that? Yeah. And and then, well, that was one of the things that we talked about. And I bragged about the congregation. I am bragging about myself. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, we are, uh, we are among the very small percent that are building a new sh- church structure. And this was on a separate piece of property, too. Okay. And uh, that we had bought. We had bought property a few years b- before. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, you realize how rare that is? Mm-hmm. I said, that is rare. I said, and I talked to them about how the Spirit of God bringing unity and how we're able to pull this off and uh, without, you know, having all this other nonsense. Now, that's not to say that we didn't have problems later on, but that's a different story because everybody has problems. If, oh, yeah. The, I, I had somebody ask me, well, well you know, I, I'd like to have, a, would like to have, you know, like 150 people going to my church or we had right about 160 on a weekly average. And, and so, isn't that wonderful? I said. Well, how many problems do you have in your church right now? And you know, running about fifty people, I've mean, got about two. I said, well, just magnify that. It's magnify about
1: it. You'll have more. Yeah, more people. You you you, more more people. people
0: you have, the more problems you're going to have. That doesn't mean <laughs> that everybody's evil. I, you know, among those problems, I mean, you know, I'm just. And, and by the way, most of the things that we dealt with, and you know, I found this out real fast. It it was rarely against me. Yeah. It was people fighting. Among themselves, themselves for, yeah. for a position and this and that, and and me having to be kind of like a referee, and and uh, oh, we had some ugly things. I saw some ugly things that happened. I remember when our prayer coordinator, one a, a lady stood up in church and just rebuked her and accused her of, of wanting her husband, and and he was on our board, and and she was just insanely jealous, uh, and, uh, and 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 I had to stand up in the meeting and say, hey. You need to stop that oh, yeah. right now.
1: And she <laughs> said, you're
0: going to take her side. I said, yes, I am. Hmm. She is our prayer coordinator. She's operating with the, what I've given her. She's carrying out exactly what I told her to do. Yes. And she said, well, I'm leaving. And, uh, and she did. And, uh, and, and her husband who was on my board, good man. And, uh, and, by the way, none of that was happening. Yeah, And, uh, you know, and, and so he, he, he comes and apologizes. I said, don't worry about it, brother. Don't worry about it. And you know, and, and when she cooled down, mm-hmm. when she cooled down, she called me on the phone crying the next day.
1: Okay. Cause that
0: all happened on a Sunday uh, afternoon when we we're doing that little meeting thing on the, with the altar workers. That's what she, sure. she was a, I had pointed her, the coordinator over, mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, and anyway, so she calls me and she, she said, I am so sorry for what I did. And she apologized to the lady too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she said, I am so sorry. And she said, I knew I was wrong and, and all like that. And she said, can I come back to the church? Cause she told me she was never gonna come back again. Yeah, yeah. And of course I looked at her and I said, of course you can come back to the church. Nobody ever told you you had to leave. And I said, you know, and it, it was just kind of funny. It, it it was funny in a way, but, but you know, things like that cause problems. Yeah. And what that did do is it did plant seeds of mm-hmm. doubt. Now, fortunately, none of those came to maturity. Yeah. But there were a few other little things we had to deal with uh, because of that. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it, that's not how you handle problems. I mean, if you have problems, you go to that person. Jesus said if you go to them and them alone. Yes. And then you deal with it. You know, I'd recommend not screaming and hollering and making an accusation, but no. but at least sit down and talk about it.
1: Yes. That would be yeah. better. And see,
0: that's... Well, here's another way to put it. When okay. Someone says... Hey, did you know so and so was doing this, or they're going to leave the church, or, or they told, and they, they, we asked why they missed, and they said we've left the church. Did you know that? I said I am the pastor. I am the last to know when these things happen. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I said it tongue in cheek, but it is true. In most pastors, you are the last person to know when people do these things, and if they would just have ever went to the pastor much, much before they did what they did, the good chance is they'd still be in the church. And that's sad. And that's another one the enemy wins. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and that's, so, so that's what we're talking about here. It's just, uh, we need to properly handle the way, I mean, if you, you, you disseminate information that comes into your ears, <laughs> and uh, you need to, like we said, if there's a problem with a pastor or, hey, let's talk about, say if the pastor appoints, um, I don't know, let's, uh, somebody over the Christian education department of the church or, or puts another person in that position, how should we operate when it comes to that person in that position? say, oh, I'll just uh, use one example. There's a, uh, the head, head of, of praise and worship, a leader who's, who's coordinating and taking care of all of that. And how should the other ones that are maybe singing or whatever like that deal with that individual?
0: Well, I think they should treat that person with the reality that that's who the pastor appointed. Okay. And they should listen to them. All right. Now, granted, if there's something that's less big, mm. they got a recourse to go to the pastor, of course. Yes. But it shouldn't be because well, they're not singing the songs I want to sing. Uh, that that that's not no, that's not what <laughs> that's, we do there. I mean, yeah. that's, that's 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 silly. But um, but you know, so I mean, that that's how you would deal with that. Okay. Uh, in in that regard. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: or, you know, there's other, say with a youth
0: pastor. Yeah. Youth pastor. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, well, you know, youth pastors, uh, well, this is one of the big complaints that I've heard through the years. And they said the biggest problem isn't the kids, it's their parents. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what they mean by that is that, they're trying to lead these children into areas of godliness and areas of prayer, getting closer to the Lord, having moments of prayer at the end. And they're having parents coming in there because they want to get so, so happening on a Wednesday night. Yeah. so they want to grab them because we got to get them out of here. And it's just, just so frustrating, mm-hmm. you know, to, 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 to deal with that. And, uh, and I mean, I can understand when you gotta go to work the next day and I, I, get, I get the other yes. side of it. But I will say this, that if you've got a kid in a youth group and you go back there and he's going after God, you know what? I would I would, I would say it's a fair price to pay for him to get connected with the Lord and you being tired the next day, Yes. then for you to jerk him out of there and he doesn't get what he needs and one day he ends up in hell. Yes. I mean I, that's I maybe I look at it differently. I had three mm-hmm. I have three children. I sure I had them all in youth group and and you know what, that's one thing I never did. I if they were having an encounter with God somewhere, I didn't care. By the way, I don't care what it doesn't matter to me what happens with anyone in the church, we're gonna be here until it's over. Yes. I don't care what we have to do the next day, because that's the most important thing.
1: Yes. And, and yeah, that needs to be a priority. That that, that child spirituality. So okay, so the uh, this this is good. I think what we've talked about today is really important in that we need God. We we see what God thinks of authority. When He establishes it, He does not expect people to rebel to mutiny, like we saw in these examples to speak out against them or to personally go against the uh, leadership. Miriam did that she, and she, she, she paid for it. She had leprosy and uh, Aaron, that was a warning to, I, I I believe every with everything I got that that was a warning to Aaron. He said, you're next. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> High priest or not.
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're next. I said, Oh Lord, I know. And the thing is, is, uh, and then, uh, and that we have got to respect that authority. No, the pastor is not perfect. There is not one person on this earth that is perfect. Uh, and The only one was Jesus. And, you know, and then we, we want to be more like him. But we haven't achieved that just yet yeah, being down no. here. Now, but at the same time, if you have an issue with the pastor or with any other person or an authority figure, you go to them individually, you don't open your mouth and wag your tongue. Now, I got a kind of a real quick funny story about, I remember one pastor, he was talking about, he was, he was, he says, we were holding meetings, he said, and he says, there was this one lady that was on the board. And she just—I don't know—she didn't like him or whatever. She had all sorts of faults she found with him, and she just got to talk. And she says she had a wagging tongue, and I'm over here going, "Okay, a wagging tongue." And she she was telling everybody about it. Oh, she would criticize that pastor and everything else like that, and she would just going around and everybody, uh, you know, telling several people about it. Well, he said one night. He says the spirit of God began to move. It was just like a Sunday night, I think it was whatever. Uh, the spirit of God began to move, and he began to just really, in a very strong way, just move in the service. And he says all of a sudden he looked up, and here was that young, that lady. She was crying. She was distraught. She was running towards the altar to get, she says, she says, pastor, pastor. And she said, what? He says, I got to get my tongue on the altar. I got to get my tongue on the altar. And the pastor, he says, I didn't say it. I thought it in my head, but I didn't speak it out. He says, but he says, he said, I thought, he says, there, lady, there is not an altar big enough or long enough in this world for you to put that tongue on <laughs> and uh anyway, but I guess you uh, well from what the the story is that she repented of what she did, but again, like your point that was that you were making earlier, even though you do repent, even though you do turn turn away you know and ask God's forgiveness, ask the pastor's forgiveness, reconcile and all that, there's still issues and still things that have already been done, yes, you see, and that that's what God says about sin, and when we look about sin. Now we can sin and God, we go say, God, you know, say like, I don't know, uh, whatever that particular sin would be. Um, and we, you know, it's, it's kind of like the here, here, I'm just going to give a quick example is that say if a, a, lay, a boy and a girl get together, uh, sexually and she gets pregnant, but they were not married. That is sin. Yes. But so she can go to God. She says, God, please forgive me for they can just forget it. They can even get married. Yes. And they can even join together like that. But that, that baby's not going to go away. No. You see, and that's the thing. Sin has repercussions. Even though that murderer, a guy murdered somebody and he's, he's now in jail even if he repents before God, that he's still going to be serving time for that what he did. He's still going to serve the purpose. Oh
0: yeah, there, there's repercussions. Repercussions, uh, yeah. You know, um, I don't remember if it's first. Yeah, I think it's First Corinthians three, if I got this right, or maybe it's. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. No, well that is the issue there, but I think. It must be Second Corinthians three. That's the uh, that is the uh, talk about the judgment seat of Christ. You know, we're all going to stand before judgment. Even as a believer, we're going to stand before judgment. And um, and uh, I must be thinking about chapter six. I don't know what I'm thinking about. So the judgment seat. Well, of Christ. Well, well, there, there's a point. I thought it was First Corinthians three ten. Okay, but uh, that that is not. He
1: said that we're all going to be judged before the judgment seat of Christ. And he says some, all the good deeds that you've done will be burnt as they could be burnt as chaff. You may make it in. It doesn't mean you're going to hell, but it means that those good works that you did will be burnt. Yeah.
0: And then Paul writes in, I think it's the second letter, and I, I thought it was chapter three, I was thinking about the first one where he writes about it. Mm-hmm. He writes about it again, he says uh, that we must all appear. You know what, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter five, because that's where that place where he talks about we walk by faith, not, not by
1: sight. Yeah.
0: Anyway, but he says we may all, we will all appear before the judgments of Christ. Now when he said all, he was talking about believers. He was talking who don't God. Un- and what he said there was so profound And this does apply to what we're talking about here. He said, we will answer for what we did in this body, whether good or bad.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now that is in connection to the things that will be burned up in the fire. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's, you know, if it's good, you get a reward. If it's bad, you're not. And then he says, uh, knowing therefore the terror Terror of of the the Lord, Lord, we persuade men. men. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I've I've looked at that and what, what I... You know, and I, and I, I think I have, an, uh, the hermeneutical side of this. Yes. He wasn't talking about well, if you confess your sin, then there, you know, then, then that ceases to be bad anymore. Yeah. You know, no, I, I don't think that's what he was talking about. I think we will answer for everything we've done in this life. Yes. Now you said, when I ask God to forgive me, well, it's still something you did. Yes. And you will lose a reward based on that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so it, it's, we're not talking about an issue of forgiveness here. We're talking about an issue of we answer for what we have done in this life, good or bad, as a believer. And, uh, and, and of course, in the first letter, he talks about, you know, things that are like a wood, hay, and stubble. Yeah. That's the bad. <laughs> it's all burnt up in the fire, but we're saved.
1: We're despite. Saved despite and then the good fire, stuff, like said, you yeah. know,
0: the, the 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 gold and the, the the precious stones and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, that's related to the good stuff that we receive reward for that. Yes, and uh, and you know, and, and I and I like I said, the way I look at that, there's not much I can do about the bad that's already happened. Yes, um, but but I can do something about the good today. Yes, and one of the things I can stay away from is uh, to not get. In a sideways position with a pastor mm-hmm. or with a church leadership, it's never going to work out for you. It's just no. never going to. And uh, and the truth of the matter is, um, you know, that's something I would avoid at all cost. You know, if it's a big enough issue, and it find a graceful way to leave. Don't don't go out with a huff.
1: Yeah, don't burn your bridges. You know, because <laughs> yeah. you know,
0: even if even if you know something, and, uh, and and no one will listen to you, and no one will, you know, anything like that, and and uh, but don't. And when I say you know something, I'm not saying you had a dream or a vision. That's subjective. I'm not saying God doesn't do that, but that is not proof.
1: No, it's not.
0: No, we're talking about something concrete, that's different. Anyone can claim a divine revelation from God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and. Uh, There are a lot that there are people who fake that stuff too. Yes. Yes. Uh, So
1: anyway, all right. Well, good. Well, this has been good. This is, uh, we wanted to bring this out. I felt that, you know, we talked about it. We felt that this is important enough to have its own uh, podcast, part two or whatever you want to call it, uh, judgment in the house of the Lord. And uh, I think that's, uh, we brought a lot of good points today. Uh, next week we're coming back. We're going to be dealing with teaching. And, um, and uh, yeah, uh, and teaching and how important that is, the teacher. Yeah,
0: James 4.
1: The teacher. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to be dealing with that next week. So I want you all to tune in. Pastor, Could before we leave, could you just say a quick prayer uh, for us on the podcast? Today?
0: Okay. Lord, we want to thank you for everyone that watches these Foundation podcasts. Lord, we want to be a blessing. That that's Steve's heart. That's my heart, and um, and Lord, as it relates to what we talked about today, Lord, first of all, every believer should be in a local church, mm. and uh, and th- and that is that is God's plan. We're all a part of a body, and there Paul was talking about the local church at Corinth, and uh, and so Lord, I pray first of all, those who are listening, if they're not in a local church, I pray God that they will find a local church, or that you will plant them in that they'll know without a doubt that's where they're supposed to go. And Lord, if they do find themselves in a a situation, and we would hope they wouldn't, but if they found themselves in a situation where they had a problem with something the pastor was doing, Lord, I ask that you give them enough wisdom uh, that they could uh, obey the scripture, Mm -hmm. go to that pastor, go to him alone, and, uh, and talk to him about it. Lord, if we would just do that with every problem we ever had with anyone, how many problems would be solved today. And so Lord, bless all those who are listening to this podcast. If they don't know you, if they, if, if, if Lord, they're just, I don't even know, maybe they're listening to this. they don't even know why they listen to it. And if, and they say, well, man, they recognize the, the need for a savior. Yes. Uh, Lord, I pray God right now, they'll just simply go to you and, and repent of their sins. If they'll believe that Jesus died on a cross and, and that He was raised from the dead, and and, and they would just say, "Lord, uh, would You be my Lord, and would You be my Savior?" And and, and make that that commitment and that 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 confession today, uh, and then, Lord, lead them to a church, God. Yeah. Lead them to a church, Lord, where they can be discipled, mm-hmm. where they can find that they can follow You in that kind of community of believers, where there's accountability and blessing and help and encouragement. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Alrighty. So we will, uh, we will uh, be back again next week. Tune in the teacher. God bless y'all. Have a wonderful week.